0: Billman and Welcome to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metzen. We have a great singer-songwriter in the studio tonight. Doug Collins is a man uh, that uh, I'm familiar with his music, and he's always so kind and generous. He plays... Every time I put a benefit together, I call Doug, and he is there with bells on, and always a pair of snappy shoes, I might add. So uh, yesterday we were doing Blackie's third annual memorial, Wolf and Annie. I'm proud to announce we raised over $1,200 for a right. homeward, homeward Bound Dog Rescue. Doug did a great uh, three or four song set, and uh, I had an opening to uh, record the show, and so Doug is here with me today. Doug, number one, thanks for playing all those benefits, and the one yesterday was just superb.
1: Oh, great. Well, my pleasure, Paul. That's always great to be able to do something like that. Are you a dog guy? I grew up with dogs, yes. Okay. And now I'm old and allergic to almost everything, So, uh, (laughs) but still, the love is in my heart.
0: Good. Well, you've got... um, a record out that I think you put it out in the last year called yeah. the "Good Sad News." Doug Collin and the Receptionist. Mm-hmm. We will find out um, why you call your band that in a bit. But tell us, Doug, um, when did you start uh, playing and writing songs? You know. Um
1: Probably late mid to late teens, and then I played around for a while. I from Iowa originally, and moved where where from, in Iowa? Outside of Davenport, Iowa. Okay, with the beautiful Quad Cities and a town called Eldridge, and I lived there. And then when I moved away, I moved to Iowa City, which is the Paris of Iowa. And from there, moved to um, started the band there, and then moved to Boston, and then moved up here, and then started playing, and then um, played for a while, and then you know my then wife got pregnant with. Um, our son, And then decided, like, I'd take a break, and I took a 25-year break, and then <laughs> n- next thing you
0: know, here I am. Well, that's fantastic. So how many um, records have you put out now in the line? This isn't this is first the first one.
1: No, this is my fourth one. I think the first one I got out in 2013. Then we did an EP the next year, and then a full length two years after that. And then this in 2018 was this good, sad news.
0: Davenport, Iowa, home of Bix Biederbecke. Yes,
1: yes, very much so. They have the Bix uh, Bix Festival, which should be coming up. It's always the last Saturday in July.
0: I was down there in about 1990. I saw. It brilliant Bob Dylan show uh, when he was kind of starting his never-ending tour was it at the I want to say the Adler Theater
1: yes wow. yes that's downtown yeah and that is, that's that's fancy yeah way to go Bob I wish I would have known <laughs> I would have gone
0: way to go Paul's memory for remembering <laughs> that that was uh,
1: good job Paul. 30 good years job. Ago.
0: so Doug uh, what kind of music did you listen to when you were growing up
1: I um was just a huge, huge Beatles fan, and any kind of river that led to and from the Beatles. That and, like, 70s... AM radio, because mm-hmm. I think back then, you know, and one hates to sound like a grandparent, where it's just like, it was better back in the day, but because there wasn't this kind of stratification about, you could just listen to this, 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 there's only like three radio stations and they always played everything.
0: And it was better back in the day. Well, I, um, yeah, sure. Uh, it was. Well, I, no, I tell you what, you know, I, and I've said this uh, more than once on this show, when I grew up and, you know, started listening to the radio in... For sure, by 1965 through Mm -hmm. the mid 70s. I mean, you could turn on the radio as a 10-year-old and hear Stevie Wonder, the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, the Supremes, Smokey Robinson and the Miracles. Um, And then later on, Creedence Clearwater, the band, Bob Dylan, you know.
1: Right. And then, you know, in the 70s then, like they have this you know, ridiculous pop hits that were like still like super hooky and catchy and like Heaven on the Seventh Floor by Paul Nicholas, which I just heard the other day, which is just like, it's not a great song, but it's a great song. It's like Elton John, all the Elton John stuff. I mean, you're hearing like country music on there. You know, that's how you get Billy Billy Swan doing uh, I Can Help. Something like that is on the radio. And it's just like, I wouldn't have been exposed to that. right? You know, because when you're a kid, you just want to listen to the hits. And the hits back then were like, you know, you had R&B, you had disco, you had pop, you had power pop, you had, you know, R&B, you had everything. There was a whole kind of swath of things, and that's just kind of what our diet was back then.
0: I uh, I, I have way too many used CDs. I mean, I'm, we're talking 2,500, and I'm a, uh-huh. not for... Uh, garage sales, uh, thrift stores. And uh, so I just bought one uh, a couple of months ago, the Superheads of the 70s. Oh, see, yeah, that stuff is like gold. Yeah, and it, it too, transports you back in time.
1: Uh-huh. Right. I, I mean, there are some songs that still hold up that I think are really great songs, strong songs, like I Can Help by Billy Swan's a fabulous song. But like you're saying about stuff like this, it's like, you know, if I hear Journey, who I'm not a huge fan of, but I will hear that song and it'll be like, it has that nostalgic itch right. just scratched immediately. And it's just right. like, because that's just music affects everyone, you know, in different ways. And there's certain stuff that I listen to just because it's sometimes fun to feel like you're 16 again.
0: My favorite... Uh... Guilty pleasure, go-to summer song. Mm-hmm. Since the first time I've heard it, uh, is "Thunder Island" by Jonathan Oh, that's a great. That's a great song. Jill Walsh plays guitar on that song, and you know who else plays on Ooh. there? Our friend Stan Kipper. Seriously, Stan, the percussionist, uh, played. Timbales and sang the harmonies on that tune. Oh my God. And I didn't know that until I had Stan on my radio show a few years ago. And I play with Stan. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, but that is my, that's one oh, of Oh, that's
1: a great, I mean, it's super hooky. It's just like made for radio. It's got that kind of trebly, like loud thing that just kind of just cuts right through you.
0: And you just, it's the, the kind of the tune that you remember when you were a kid and got oh. your driver's
1: license and you just cracked right. the radio. Exactly, exactly. You know, and there's something to be said about songs like that. I mean, And if you're, you know, then you're able to discover when you're listening to radio, stuff like that. Just like I remember hearing Joan Baez do uh, Night They Drove All Dixie. Yeah. And I didn't know who the band, you know, they that was FM. We were only Mm -hmm. listening to AM. And then all of a sudden, it's just like, who's that? And it's like these songs that people were covering, Chris Christopherson songs, you know, who's just like a fab, like one of the best. They weren't playing him on AM radio, but you're hearing like Sammy Smith sing, Help Me Make It Through The Night. And it's just like, what is this? And then you hear that song as an adult, and it's just like, This is about as good as
0: it gets. Yeah. Well, it's funny you should say um, Billy Swan and Chris Christopherson because I uh, uh, went out with the late great Larry Keegan, who's a a boyhood friend of Bob Dylan's, Mm -hmm. and so back in around from about 1900, uh, I mean 1990 through the rest of the 90s. Larry was able to get me really good tickets for Bob Dylan shows, and we'd meet at these shows. In fact, uh, the Adler Theater in uh, Davenport, Davenport was one of them. And, uh, but we went out to see uh, Bob Dylan at Wolf Trap uh, Amphitheater in Vienna, Virginia, and Chris Christopherson opened, and Billy Swann was playing piano for him. <laughs> yeah, I
1: know that Billy Swann's like one of those cats that's just always like in the background. Yeah. And then he just had like those few little hits in the 70s, and it's just like... How great was that? That you know, how e- I wouldn't say it's easy, but it's just like it seems like it's there's so much stuff out right now, it's yeah. that, that it's so hard to sift through, and that's a bless. It's the blessing and the curse of right yeah. now, because back then it's just like there were like kind of quote unquote guardians, you know, right, and now they're they're not there. But I mean, everyone remember back in the day, like oh, I need to get studio time. It's so hard. We have to save right. up and save up and save up. And now everyone knows somebody who has. A studio.
0: Or they're recording it on their iPhone. Right,
1: exactly. <laughs> <You> exactly. <know? laughs> I got GarageBand on my computer, you yeah. know, and let's do that. I mean, which is great. It is great. It's, you know, the democratization of art, but I don't know if that sometimes there's just like, there's so much. Yeah. There's so much now. Right. And it's, you know, it's it can be very overwhelming. I always feel like I need to have my, sh- you know, music Sherpa to find help me find
0: my way. <laughs> That's a great way of putting it. Yeah, music Sherpa. Um, Doug Collins. Uh, and then, you know, the other thing that we were talking uh, with the great engineer, Brett Johnson, the most handsome man in radio behind the scenes, am I Thank that? you very much. <laughs> <laughs> so true. It is so true, is that... Um, you know, he, uh, Brett was saying how few CDs he buys. Now right. I buy them because I just, you know, I'm a nut for a good deal on a CD. Right. Um, but there's so much, not just musically available, but there's so much uh, in terms of just content, audio and visual, mm-hmm. um, that who's got time anymore just to listen to music like we used to? You know right. what I
1: mean? Well, yeah, I remember spending, you know, I would come home after school and I have a ridiculous amount of siblings. And the only time that I could get the, the record player- the- You're Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> Can't you tell by the way I sit? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, yes, I have five siblings. And, but that my time was I would go home and I would play like the Beatle records and I would play like Beatles, Velvet on the ground, you know, whatever I had. Right. And it's just like, and I had my like 45 minutes and you would, I would just focus on right. that. And then, you know, music is so easy now that it's, um, it's always something that you can have in the background. And you right. may not be able to do that, get that deep listen. Like, And, and also when you're young, your focus is just incredible. I'm sure yeah. you know when you start playing guitar and learning how to play lead guitar, it's just like it's that whole thing of you lift up the needle and you go back. Oh, totally. you lift up All the, the time. Ne- I found an old cassette of mine that I had made of... Mike Bloomfield stuff on Highway 61. Oh, yeah. And I went to a friend's house, and they had a 16 on the turntable, so I could do it half speed. Oh, so yeah, So I right. taped it so I could learn how to play it at half speed. And it was still
0: too fast for me. No better than Mike Bloomfield. Uh, I oh. went back. I went into uh, the Internet deep dive rabbit hole uh, a couple months ago. I was reading about the Butterfield Blues Band. Oh, they're like, I love those guys, with, especially with Bloomfield. Yeah. One, Bloomfield and Bishop are just like... Well, Bloomfield's dad, you know, was a very well yeah. Chicago businessman who put out salt and pepper shakers for restaurants. Right. But also, I got on this rabbit hole about four in the morning. I almost bought the Bloomfield coffee maker for $600. But <laughs> I came to my senses. I'd been drinking a little Tito's. Well, sure, sure, sure. Hey, we've got Deb Collins. We're going to listen to a tune. His... Uh, uh, opening track off his record, Good Sad News, Conversation With My Heart. We'll have dug on for the whole show on the phone.
2: Radio. I gotta have a conversation with my
3: And support local farmers this summer by shopping at the Minneapolis Farmer's Market. The market has the best selection of fresh and local fruits and vegetables, meats, and farmstead goods. Fresh at the market now, cherry tomatoes, cauliflower, broccoli, cucumbers, zucchini, beets, carrots, and even some new baby potatoes. The Minneapolis Farmer's Market is open every day, 6 a.m. to 1 p.m. Plus, there's additional locations Tuesday at the Hennepin County Government Center and Thursdays at Nicollet Mall. More details at mplsfarmersmarket.com.
5: Visit the wine bar at Café Latte and enjoy a unique handcrafted pizza and glass of wine. The perfect place for an intimate night or an evening with friends. Choices range from spicy Italian sausage and sweet roasted peppers to the one-of-a-kind nacho chicken pizza layered with blue corn tortilla chips. The approachable wine list offers over 30 by the glass with special emphasis on wines from Washington State. End your night with one of Café Latte's melt-in-your-mouth desserts. 850 Grand Avenue, St. Paul. Woodland
2: Stoves and Fireplaces is having its annual store-wide sale. For the entire month of July, all of our indoor and outdoor fireplace products and accessories are at their lowest price of the year. At Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces, we display, explain, and install the Twin Cities' most diverse selection of indoor and outdoor stoves and fireplaces, including metal and masonry pizza ovens.
3: I love my wood stove. We enjoy the sense of well-being we get by cutting and splitting wood to warm our home. Wood is our choice, but you may have other Choices at Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces. Whether transforming an existing fireplace or adding something new, a clean burning wood, gas, or electric fire can have you sitting pretty and cozy by the fire. Visit Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces today and find the right fire for you. Come
2: see us. We have over 35 working displays in our store, which is just off I 94 at the corner of Riverside and East Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces, since 1977, out of the ordinary products and services to make fire work for you.
6: Why must the world be so cold? They've gone against what was told. Thinking rape is cool? Think about it. They think it's not wrong. Violence against women, the rape, the abuse, the emotional, physical. They all hold the hate. Think about it. Is it right or wrong? What attracts you? I'm not saying no names, but you laugh. Talk about it like nothing is wrong? Think about it. They all hold the hate. Gotta stop the violence.
3: Stop the hate? Think about it. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Wall of Power, Radio
0: Hour. Welcome back to the uh, Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metz and my guest in the studio for the whole show tonight, Mr. Doug Collins. Doug, you asked me a question on the break. Were I did. You, yeah.
1: I did. I was we were talking about Mike Bloomfield, who's one of my guitar heroes, you know, great great Chicago-based blues guy. And I was asking you, it's just like, well, you know, when I was growing up, that was one of the people that I really just kind of grabbed onto. I listened to him a lot. And, you know, of course, Clapton, etc. All that kind of blues-based stuff in the mid, mid to late 60s. Who were you listening to when you started to play lead? You
0: know, it's funny. Um, in the mid to late 60s, I was most interested in guitar players you saw on television. Glenn Campbell. Sure. Chet Chet Atkins. Jerry yeah. Reed. Oh, that, Jerry Reed. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And you would see, you know, you'd occasionally catch B.B. King on the Johnny Carson show mm-hmm. or Hendrix. So I was really started out playing uh, uh, acoustic guitar. Yep. But I had a, a teacher named Dennis Monroe, fabulous teacher and musician himself. Um Uh, who ended up in Rochester, New York, and became a mentor to hundreds of musicians out Mm -hmm. there. But he taught me how to finger pick, and he gave me a copy, this would have been about 1968, of the new Lost City Ramblers Uh songbook. I have no idea how he got that, but he uh, turned me on to Gordon Lightfoot, of course, Bob Dylan, and then, you know, like we were talking earlier, Doug Collins, about 1960s radio. But then when you started to hear uh, you know, Bob Dylan, yeah. then you started hearing Mike Bloomfield.
1: Right, exactly. You know? I mean, that's how I was introduced to him because just like, you know, I think we all have that moment where it's just like, at least in my generation, you know, you, Dylan was kind of like, just barely older enough that he wasn't he wasn't played on am radio yeah. is what i'm saying and then all of a sudden you know you hear like i remember the first song i think i knew by him was to serve somebody mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it's just like oh that's okay but i heard he's supposed to be good and you keep going back you keep going back and he's just like you know, just that treasure trove of dylan stuff and then hearing like um tombstone blues off of highway 61 revisited there's just this right. stinging stinging telecaster leads throughout the whole thing uh by bloomfield and i was just like I remember learning, trying to learn how to play that. Some older musician, I was showing him like, oh yeah, I think I got this. Just like, you're supposed to bend the strings. Right. And ha, huh, you know, and right. then, you know, it's just like, it's those little moments that you remember. It's just like, in Bloomfield then sent me down that thing where, like you said, listen to B.B. King all of a sudden. It's just right. like listening to Muddy Waters, Howlin' Wolf, Little Walter, all those chess guys. And yeah. It's just like, you know, and everyone has their door to get into great music. And I'm just so happy that I was like, able to do that and it was also very easy to get super cheap vinyl at that time yeah people weren't buying a lot of like blue stuff like getting a whole bunch of old like buddy guy and you know junior well stuff as well it's just like that stuff still is
0: just it's fine wine is yeah what it is it's beautiful it's funny yeah. i was reading a uh, uh i get the uh, masaba daily news which is my hometown Newspaper from Virginia, Minnesota, online. And they did an article about the 50th anniversary of l Supply, which was a, still is a hardware store. You know, you can get any kind of hardware stuff, tires. But back in the day, they used to have a record section. And so when I was in eighth grade, I remember I bought After the Gold Rush by Neil Young. Nice. Which is still one of my all-time oh, favorite that's a records. Oh, fabulous record. Not just uh, of Neil Young, it's just of anybody. Oh, yes,
1: yeah. yeah that's, he is just starting to peak. Right there, you know, he just kind of found out, I think, who he was as an artist on that record.
0: But just uh, to be able to buy those records right next to the tire section was—I mean—and that's like back in the day. That's yeah. how
1: that's how it was. I mean, I remember going to Iowa City, like I said, which was an hour from home, and it was—it's a, a college town. But going there and just like. Realizing people knew who the Velvet Underground were, right? And that was like one of my favorite bands, which I found out, you know, through like Rolling Stone or something. And it, somehow, rather in Eldridge, Iowa, there weren't a lot of Lou Greve fans, right? And going up there, and then all of a sudden, just like, oh, you like these guys? You would like this? Right. You would like this? And then hanging out in record stores, and it's just like,
0: you well, know. that was the beauty of record stores, was yes. that. You'd learn a lot from not only the clerks, right. uh, but the people that were shopping there. right. I remember going to see Dave Ray, who was a great friend sure. of mine, and uh, I'd see him at the Electric Fetus, and he would literally go down row after row. and He had a clipboard, a pen, and he would have his bifocals, <laughs> and um, he would go through his list of records he was either looking for, oh, or yeah. might have had yeah. second editions, uh, in fact, I, uh, when, when Dave passed in, jeez, uh, I believe it was 2001, my God, it's hard to believe it was that long ago. But uh, uh, I bought a lot of his records. Uh, his uh, wife, MJ, put them up for sale. Mm-hmm. And I bought his copy of Surrealistic Pillow by the Jefferson Airplane <laughs> that said J. David Ray on the back. He signed, you know, he he had a like oh, I yeah, did, yeah. I always put my name on my records. Sure. And I always wanted to give it to Yorma Karkonnen, who's a friend of mine, the guitar player from the right. airplane. Uh, but for some reason, it got damaged. But anyway, uh, I still have. Oh, that's got great! Problem, another forty records with Dave Ray's signature in the back.
1: Sure, because I remember like going into the store and that someone was talking about. We were talking about blues guitar players, which is something I was fascinated with at that time. And somebody said, "Oh, Fleetwood Mac," and I was just like, you know, I just knew rumors, right? As every person in America does. And then somebody said, "Oh no, you, have you heard Peter Green?" Right. And then that opened something else up because I mean, all that stuff with all the Fleetwood Mac recordings with Peter Green are just fabulous and I mean how else do you find this stuff
0: out do, what, what was the very first record you buy do you remember Del first Cars
1: record I, the first record I ever bought I think that I remember is spending 99 cents at Turnstile for the 45 of Rock the Boat by the Hughes Corporation <laughs> Which talk about summer songs? That yeah. song still always uh, gets my groove going.
0: Well, it's summertime. So what? Um, what other summer songs from back in the day? Oh, do Oh wow! Remember?
1: Yeah, to me, it's uh, for some reason it's always it always veers to the cheesy. I remember uh, um, Chuck Mangione, feels So Good," mm-hmm. um, and God, what else? I think. Um, Debbie Boone, even though I don't even know if that time of year is right, but you light up my life. It's just right. like, it's those all kind of run together. Plus I mean, you
0: had a crush on her. Well, yeah. <laughs> of
1: course. Please. Of course I did. And- I'm not made of stone, Paul. (laughs) Um, Yeah, of course I did. I mean, and that's, you know, and that's what we were listening to. And like, you know, I tell the story when we were kids at Casey Kasem's American Top 4. That was like a great way to hear all these songs that you didn't, if you missed them on the radio. And we would, after mass, we would go see my uh, grandparents and we would ask my dad for the keys to listen to the car. And we turned it on one time and then forgot to turn it off. And then we couldn't leave because we had worn down the battery listening to Casey Kasem. My dad was not very happy about that. But we we had a good time. Funny.
0: We've got Doug Collins on. Tell us a little bit about, in 30 seconds or less, the track we're going to hear, Please Don't Make Me Leave You.
1: Um, I was playing around with some chords and uh, just fascinated by... um, like Roy Orbison and late period Elvis and Ray Price, people like that, that big voice singers that my mom kind of like Johnny Ray and kind of wanted to do a different take or my kind of take on something like that. So that was just kind of my experiment to try and do that.
0: Doug Collins, please don't make me leave you from his record. So sad news. We'll have Doug on for the whole show tonight on the wall of power. Radio.
2: Let you go it's easy to see how much you hurt me but my heart keeps telling me I'm wrong after all of this time you think that I'd know what go
1: This is New Beginnings, hosted by award-winning broadcaster and speaker, Freddie Bell.
6: Freddie, this generation of the baby boomers, people are living longer, so the baby boomers are taking care of elderly parents.
4: Let's talk about your health, and specifically, let's talk about Medicare. Our show features the concerns of America's 78 million baby boomers in employment, finance, health and nutrition, and even entertainment. Catch New Beginnings with Freddie Bell, Saturdays at 11 on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota.
6: Powderhorn Park Neighborhood Association and Powderhorn Park are thrilled to invite you to the Powderhorn Art Fair. Shop hundreds of local and regional artists on serene Powderhorn Lake, taste foods from local food trucks, and enjoy exploring the Powderhorn community. Considered the best regionally juried art fair for nearly three decades, it takes place right in South Minneapolis in picture-perfect Powderhorn Park. The Powderhorn Park Art Fair begins Saturday, August 3rd and runs through Sunday, August 4th. Join the fun from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. The success of the art fair comes from Powderhorn Park Neighborhood Association's long-standing collaboration with the Minneapolis Park and Recreation Board. And a portion of the proceeds support youth programming at Powderhorn Park. There'll be over 200 artists, 20 food trucks, and great fun at Powderhorn Park. The Powderhorn Park Art Fair begins Saturday, August 3rd and runs through Sunday, August 4th. For more information on the art fair, go to ppna.org. That's ppna. Org. Connections Radio Show is all about tapping into our hardwired hunger to connect.
4: Not only does Rudy Luther Toyota have a great selection of new vehicles, but Rudy Luther is also one of the largest volume Toyota certified used vehicle dealers in the country. They have better prices than many non-certified dealers. They offer the 7-year 100,000-mile warranty, feature incredibly low interest rates, and all their vehicles go through a comprehensive inspection and reconditioning process. And they pay top dollar for your trade-in even if you don't buy from them. Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169 in Golden Valley.
1: With your AM 950 weather, I'm Sam Turnberg. Tonight's mostly cloudy with a low around 62. Tomorrow increasing clouds with a high near 79. Monday sunny with a high near 78. Tuesday sunny with a high near 81. And Wednesday sunny with a high near 82. We've had some strong storms with damaging hail come through the Twin Cities recently. Trust the locally owned Snap Construction for a free, thorough property inspection. Their staff knows the process well and has handled thousands of insurance claims. Free inspection 612-333-SNAP or check them out online at snapconstruction.com.
2: I saw you dancing. It was beautiful to see. I saw you dancing, but it wasn't with me. I
1: saw you moving slow across the I saw you moving Reminding
2: me of before
0: Paul Metz and my guest in the studio for the whole show tonight singer songwriter and cool cat Doug Collins we're listening to, uh, <laughs> songs you. off as oh no problem man I dig uh, I dig your thing <laughs> Call Good Sad News. We just heard opening up, uh, I Saw You Dancing. So, Doug, you play uh, acoustic like you yeah. did yesterday at the Black Keys Memorial. Mm-hmm. You also have a band, The yes. Receptionist. Yes, I do. Where did you get that name, The Receptionist?
1: Well, um, I had not been playing for a while. I'm just playing in cover bands. Uh, i just starting to kind of get out again. And then a friend of mine got married And he said, do you want to play at our reception? And my day job is a receptionist. So I said, well, why don't we call the band The Receptionist? And it just stuck. So, and then I started playing original music and then my name went in front and then it's just, that's where it came from.
0: Where around town do you play? You play at quite a few places. Yeah,
1: I, you know, everywhere from, you know, Turf Club, 331, Palmer. We have something coming up at Palmer's. We're playing at Parkway sometime soon. Um yeah, I try and get out and then I also try and get on the road a lot as you know.
0: Well you just got back from Spain.
1: I did. I did. In February we were in uh I went over with Spain with the guy who produced the record, Rob Genetic, and we did a um like an eight, nine day tour over there.
0: Nice. It was great. It was great. Just the two of you?
1: Just the two of us. I bought um <clears throat> I just had a uh, a Telecaster and a pedal board, and he bought this really tiny drum kit. So it was just both of us, so he could plug it into the PA, so we didn't have, we didn't have to travel with it all, a lot of stuff. We just could... Right.
0: And that made... It was it was great. And Spain was wonderful. Have you been? No, I never have, but uh, my friend, uh, Willie Walker, who's actually had oh, sure. a festival in Italy this week. Oh, nice. Uh, it was just in Spain a couple years ago. He said it was one of his favorite places to play. It is. I mean,
1: the thing is, I mean... We're ridiculously spoiled here in the Twin Cities. I mean, you throw a rock, you're going to hit somebody who's seriously talented. You can go out every night of the week and see music. And see good music. And over there, I don't know if it's different or not, but they really seem to like the American style, you know, rock and roll, country, whatever, that uh, Americana stuff. And uh, over there, it was just, we were just treated like gold. It was (laughs) just, it was wonderful. You know, we got radio play. We got a lot of press. We got... um, you know, I got the record got voted like the, the Rolling Stone of uh, Spain voted it one of the top three Americana releases of the year. Right, oh, yeah! On. So that was, I mean, yeah. And it's one of those things where it's just like out of know, it all came out of nowhere. Yeah. You know, I just I had gotten a request from a record store in Madrid to ask for some records, and so I sent some over there. And Rob Jannik said we should tour there, and I said okay, right. And then so we and then we started doing stuff, and then next thing I know. Uh, I got a t- uh, promoter contacted us and helped us out. So we played over there. And then right now we're trying to get over here, back over there to Spain. And then hopefully some other places in Europe, like in Scandinavia, where i more like, would like to get over as well.
0: Where? Uh, so what were the gigs like there in Spain?
1: It was, it was interesting. They were like either, there were small rooms, a lot of the, two or three of the places we played reminded me a lot of 7th Street entry, you know, just kind of those smaller Uh, rock clubs. It was funny too because we went into one place where we played in Lisbon and we were in there and I was just like, there's something here that smells really familiar and it's not right. They can smoke inside in Lisbon. And so it was just like, they just bought back memories of just like right. being in a rock club. It smells a spill, you know, spilled stale beer and cigarette smoke. Right, right. And so it was just great. I felt like I was at home. And I've, then,
0: get, I've got gu- oh, guitars in my closet that still <laughs> smell like that. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, it's just, and so played clubs like that. We played a couple um, listening rooms and then... Um, and that's it. was basically kind of a cross between those kind of
0: things. Do you, uh, did you speak any Spanish or were they pretty fluent in English? They said
1: they weren't fluent. And uh, if I could speak English as badly as they, Spanish as badly as they speak English, right. I'd be food. Cause they were, you know, they were just like, oh, I'm really sorry. I'm not speaking this. And I'm just like, hola. Mi llama s you know, I'm terrible at it. Right. I had like ninth grade Spanish, which is like 40 years ago. Right. So, But after a few drinks, I got a lot more confident, I'll say that. But um, no, my Spanish is um, uh, muy
0: mal. So what, uh, What? Uh, uh, like how, I'm just picturing if, if Paul Metz ever goes to Spain, which I'd love to do. So how long uh, of drives between the gigs? Well,
1: and that's one thing that... Um, I would do again. We flew into Madrid and then went to Lisbon, which is like six hours away, and spent and then drove around and came back to play in Madrid. So that was we ended up doing in the uh, nine days. We did twenty two hundred miles plus in the mm-hmm. car. If I could do it again, I would kind of I would uh, either I would stay in like maybe Madrid or. Um, because then there's high-speed rail. Right. And you can go down to... We were, we played in Bilbao, which is north, which was gorgeous and great. And then we also played down in Barcelona, which is south. We played in a place called Zaragoza, uh, which was like in between those. And if you do it that way, it's very easy and very... Very doable. Mm-hmm. I mean, we rented a car just because we could, but it's also like we drove one place and it was like, oh, here's the toll road, and we're like, oh, this is fine, this is great, a toll road, and it was super, super nice, clean, blah blah blah. And so we pull off, and I'm just like, oh, I wonder what's going to be for a toll, like you yeah. know, five ten. It was seventy dollars. Wow. So it was just like it was. There's a reason those roads are clean because yeah. they have the money for it. But uh, I think next time I would like to if to do it again, I would. T- you could take. Trains and not even have to worry about anything like that, especially if you're going like if you're going solo,
0: right? So did you uh, were you able to uh, sell your CDs at yes. the gigs?
1: Yes, and I mean, and you know, like we were saying earlier, like not CDs are kind of like right. we make them as artists because it's like you know, I always say I'm Johnny Appleseed. I'm throwing those seeds right. out, you know, and they're
0: we, a business card, too. Yes,
1: exactly, exactly. All my information's always on it, and um, but for them, I would stay afterwards, and you know. Ever, I probably sold, you know, 10 to 15 a gig. Nice. I know, and I mean, I'm used to selling 10 to 15 a year, right. you know, here in the <laughs> States. So it was just like...
0: Well, like I see Doug Collins, I see, uh, and I've been, you know, I've got 12 original releases out over the years go. They've all gone linoleum. <laughs> <laughs> a
4: well lot done. Of people, well lot, done.
0: Well, a lot of people ask, what does linoleum mean? And I said, that means it's, been bought by someone other than a blood relative see that
1: well honestly you know we all have and we know how much everything has changed yeah you know i mean even from 10 years ago you know but back you know the thing was also like we always wanted to get signed yeah we always wanted to get signed because that's how you get the the hit right and now it's just like that's just not how it's set up right and so be it i mean it's not it if this is the world we live in. This is the world we live in.
0: Yeah, and I, you know, in my my case, I've never really sold enough records to worry about whether or not the music business is crashing. Right. <laughs> right. Know? Well, I mean, you're
1: no matter what, you're going to do it. Yeah. You know, because I did. You know, I like I said earlier on, like I was doing this, and then I didn't do it, and I was thinking like, oh. I'm fine with not doing it. But when you don't do it, then when you get back to doing it, you're realizing like, why wasn't I doing this the whole time? Because it's not about, you know, who doesn't want, you know, we all want money. We all want People that like give us you know
0: feedback, justification for our work, and they, they had a connection. But we're going to do it regardless. Well, I uh, had, had actually taped for my TV show Wall of Power TV a great interview a couple of weeks ago backstage with my old friend Alejandro Escovedo. Oh, uh-huh. and who has been touring for forty years. Yeah, and he said this is going to be his last tour. He just can't afford yeah. it anymore. And um, you know, I've never achieved any sort of that acclaim or stardom that a guy like Alejandro has or a lot of other people, but I was thinking about it the other day, you know, I bought my house with my guitar, I've got my dog, I've got my in-town gigs, I said, I, I, in a way, I measure success oh. for not having to go on the road. Right. <laughs> you know?
1: No, and that's great. I mean, you know, you know, I have, I have to have a day job. I, and yeah. I, 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 10 years ago, I knew people who were full-time musicians and that has dwindled significantly yeah and the people who i know who are full-time musicians now most of the time do that by either they either teach or they're um they're in cover bands yeah and you know just having like an original music career like that right unless you have like some kind of weird fluke hit it's not it's not something that happens as often anymore yeah
0: well and uh It's just, you know, part of the thing about recording is it's your archive. It's your artistic archive. Right. So I can go back. I put out my first record with Cats on the Stars in 1982. My first album under my own name in 84. And I go back and listen to The Growth. (laughs) Um, Or in some ways, I go back and go, damn, I sound better 15 years ago. I do not. Well, and then it's
1: also like, I listened, I was going to a gig and I had to pull out my first record because I was just like, oh, here's a song we said we were going to do. I haven't listened to it for right. a while. You and then, the right, exactly. So I was listening to it and I was just like, well, that sounds different than I remember because you're so used to playing it live and yeah. it takes on it its changes. own. It yeah, it evolves. J- j- right, and then you hear this and then also I hear somebody who's just like, your voice sounds different. Your, yeah. You know, the song means something different to you when you after you play it. A friend of ours, um, James Loney, always told me that it's just like you shouldn't record a song unless you play it out live for like a year.
0: He's got a point. He's got a point
1: because, I mean, there is, I mean, there's the a Velvet
0: the, James Loney, the great the Velvet Troubadour.
1: Yes. I love James Loney. He's one of my all-time favorite people. uh,
0: You ask James. I'm going to brag a little bit. Yes. I helped uh, James. I heard him in the 80s. He's a good friend of Uh mine, Billy Alcorn's. And I heard him in his band. I think the band was called the Velvet Troubadours. And then he got did some things, got Mm -hmm. kind of out of the biz. right, Uh, And then he did a couple open stages I was doing at Nia's nice, and I encouraged him to get back yeah. into doing it. Yeah. And, uh, he's, I just love his voice. Yes. I love his voice.
1: I love his songs. He's always has like, all of his songs sound like him. Yeah. Which is like, I think it's hard, a lot of times as an artist we can get lost in that but his it's he makes his band sound like those songs are supposed to sound which to me is a tip of the hat
0: and speaking of songs we're gonna listen to All right. hey mary we've got our guest uh doug collins on for the whole show tonight we've got some great players on this doug collins billy Danker, dan newton jeff victor and joe savage we're going to listen to Hey Mary and then be back for one more set with the great Doug Collins on the wall of power. Right. We both power. sit here wondering
2: if we have made a mistake. Hey Mary, sorry it's true. It's not about me and it's really all up to you.
6: memorial eco gardens is the first green cemetery in minnesota it's a beautiful peaceful place where burials are celebrations of life with as little impact on the environment as possible tony Weber founded it because he wants to leave a green legacy for his grandchildren something many of us might feel learn more visit the website mngreengraves.com give them a call the goal is so meaningful so positive it might be right for you prairie oaks memorial eco gardens I'm Candy Brothel, publisher of the Twin Cities edition of Natural Awakenings Magazine and host of Green Tea Conversations, a new show for people who are on a journey to take responsibility for their health and play a more active role in their family's well-being. Join me every Sunday at 10 a.m. as I interview local experts who share the latest in natural holistic approaches in a fun and informative way. So grab a cup of tea and join the conversation as we awaken to natural health. Visit us at naturaltwincities.com.
5: Northeast Minneapolis is known for its creativity, and you'll know exactly why when you eat at Hazel's Northeast. Their creatively prepared comfort food will have you coming back week after week. Breakfasts like biscuits and gravy, granola pancakes, and brisket hash. For lunch, homemade soup, and one of the best Rubens in town. And don't miss the daily risotto or Chef Ali's ever-changing dinner specials. Come on in. Bring the whole family. Hazel's Northeast delivers real good food. Family owned at 29th and Johnson in Minneapolis.
0: Hi, this is Chad from
1: AM950. Snap Construction is arguably the most well-reviewed roofing, siding, window, and insulation contractor in the metro. Ryan is so excited about working with AM950 and our listeners that he wants to help us grow. This is Ryan, owner of Snap Construction. I was friends with
2: Chad long before I started marketing with him. I was a bit skeptical of radio advertising before Chad convinced us to run ads. The advertising's been so successful, we want to help the station grow. We've absolutely loved working with the listeners of AM950, and we all know how extreme important this radio station is to the community to help AM 950 grow this summer snap construction will be putting up proceeds to assist the station in marketing on social media snap construction encourages you to follow engage share and interact on the AM 950 social media platforms together we can all work to ensure AM 950 continues to thrive and grow in our communities we stand by our work with a lifetime craftsmanship guarantee for a free estimate or more information on our financing call 612-333-SNAP or check us out online.
0: Hello, humans. This is me, Ellie Krug with Ellie 2.0 Radio on Monday mornings from 7 to 8 a.m. I'm an idealist working to change the world. My show, Ellie 2.0 Radio, highlights other past and present idealists and the incredible things humans can do when we work for the greater good. You remember that idea about the greater good, Right. I've got a vision of a better world where everyone has a place at the table. Listen every Monday from 7 to 8 a.m. and be inspired on AM 950. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is Paul Metz. So you're listening to the Wall of Power Radio. We just crush on you by my guest Doug Collins. Tell us a little bit about that tune. Um, it's one that
1: I um, I always say, you know, getting older and you know I uh, I was single when I wrote it, and it was just uh, I'd been divorced for a while. And you think when you're older, the human heart is going to be you're going to be hardened and toughened, right? But I always say it's the only organ that doesn't age because right. you still hurt as much as you do when you're then this is just like having one of those like a little myriad of crushes one gets throughout their lives yeah. just like and it's still like it doesn't change you still feel like a teenager you know the heart hurts the same way and yearns the same way it's just like you just see it through a different prism
0: i guess uh, i went to see a great movie about uh, uh the spy, the spy who played catcher at the Adina Theater, about this phenomenal. Oh, oh you got to see it! Right, I've heard about it. This guy Moberg, who yep. was a professional uh, baseball player, but mm-hmm. was also spoke twelve languages, um, and was also uh, undercover for the uh, <laughs> OSS. Right, uh, while he was a baseball player. Phenomenal story, but they had the. Uh, uh, upcoming previews from Marianne and Leonard about oh, the uh, right. lifelong love affair mm-hmm. uh, with Marianne, who Leonard Cohen wrote the song about. Yeah, it, and yeah. And and uh, I am very interested. About oh, that. it looks so good because we're both Leonard Cohen, right. fans right? I mean,
1: that guy is just like he's. I always say he's like a diamond cutter yeah. because just like everything's in, in the exact place. Because I mean. I am not like that. Yeah. I am I can be sloppy as the Dickens, but right. every every rhyme is perfect. Every beat is exactly where it should be. Right. And the way he presents it, it's always just like, he's just like one of those guys that he could have been born a thousand years ago or now, and his talent would still be... She
0: is the guard in the Tower of Song. Right? <laughs> he At really the very is. very top floor right. of the Tower of Song. But it talks about uh, how she was such a muse from him when they were in Hydra uh, on the island in Greece. Yeah. But then how... They never really left each other's romantic orbit, even though they were out of touch. Uh, And then there's a great letter that Leonard wrote uh, just a few days before she passed, and he passed not long after that, and said something at, hold out your hand, Uh, I'll be there right behind you. (laughs) God, that's beautiful. Yeah, and it's just... uh, Just uh, looks like an amazing movie. Yeah, I would love to see that. I just
1: saw. I just had read something about that, and like, of course, you know, I watch. I'll watch any music documentary, anything about anything, even people I don't like. I'll be all over.
0: I'll give uh, a little plug to the uh, the landmark theater chain because that will be. I asked them when it will be uh, showing July twenty sixth at the Uptown Theater. Oh, okay, great. Yes.
1: All right. A week.
0: So, So, Doug Collins. So, who are some of your other? inspirations uh, as songwriters?
1: Um, you know, I think, for me, there's it's always like this kind of, like I said, Beatles are always like, hook, hook, hook. I love those guys, and how they sing, and how they put everything together. But like other songwriters are just like, you know, Hank Williams. You yeah. know, how, you know, you're singing, you know, that Leonard Cohen song, you know, How Lonely Doesn't Get. You know, Hank right. Williams hasn't answered me yet. Right. Just like he can just, he says more in, uh, you know, Take These Chains From My Heart than most singers can get in right. a whole career. He's just so, you know, Chris Christopherson we were talking about. I was the listening.
0: moon went behind uh, the clouds to hide his face. And yeah, yeah. Williams. Listen listen to <laughs> that. Yeah. And, you know, Chris Christopherson. And, and, and wrote all those tunes by the time he was 29. Yeah,
1: well, we don't want to talk about that.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> right, I know,
1: yeah. That just makes me like, you know, I remember being a kid and like playing in bands and somebody, I had turned 25 and my friend said, well, you're the same age as Keith Richards when he did Beggar's Banquet. And I was right. just like, well, great, uh, Yeah, that's not going to happen. Right. But um, Hank Williams, I mean, I think Chris Christopherson at one point was just, you know, he has all these songs about like, relationships ending and just like the power of like companionship in moments that, you know, it shouldn't be, but you have to take your solace where you can. Right. I mean, just like, that's beautiful. And Dylan of course can cover, he covers everything, right? you know, I mean, he's just, you know, he's Bob Dylan. He's a, there's a reason that he's Bob Dylan, you know, right. he can do anything. And then there's, you know, there's like, you know, Smokey Robinson is just one of my absolute, absolute favorite people of all time. And one right. of
0: Dylan's favorites. Yeah,
1: yeah, the poet. You know, right. America's Greatest Poet, Smokey Robinson. He's, you know, Tears of a Clown. is like, that's as good as it gets. You know, Stevie Wonder. You know, all those, there's... I think, I don't know, I think... I think of, like, people like Elvis Presley and who I like, uh, you know, Beatles, Dylan, are the people that are always listening to have this huge swath of people that they listen to. Right. And that's why I think that, like, why... Part of the reason that why they're all so good. I mean, when you hear Elvis Presley sing, you hear like blues, you hear country, you hear like Dean Martin in there, you know what I mean? And it's just like, that's how, and then he makes it his own. Right. And that's the stuff that I think is just, you know, fascinating.
0: You know, there's that great uh, story about uh, conversation that Bob Dylan and Leonard Cohen had, and Bob asked him, how long did it take you to write Hallelujah? And, and Leonard said, two years. And Leonard asked him, how long did it take you to write whatever the song was? Uh-huh. And Bob said, 15 minutes. <laughs> Well, that's
1: why he can do it. I mean, it's just like he can do like, especially those times, you know, where it's just like his stuff was really, um, super verbose, you know, the early stuff, like, you know, like bringing it all back home and you know the trilogy of albums ended in Blonde and blonde, Highway 61 it's just like how could he write lines like that right. I mean I think we've all tried to do that and I always say Bob Dylan is the best and worst thing that's happened to music is because he did that and it's incredible and the problem is is like most people then try and do that and they don't realize that they can't write like that well I
0: think Hank Williams had that great line he said you know how do you come up with these beautiful songs and he said uh, I grab the pen and put it to paper and God moves my hand <laughs>
1: So, I mean, I can't say enough great things about how true everything Hank Williams says is. Yeah. Because, I mean, the, and the way he sings it, it's just like, it's very, very, and I strive for that. I mean, I think um, all the people that I admire strive for just simplicity. pare it down. Pair, and the older I get, the less I write. I don't use... I try not to use like or as in right. songs anymore. It's just like these are just declarative sentences and how you try and capture that moment. And, you know, knock on wood, maybe I have gotten a line or two right. But, um, that's, I mean, that's all you can do is you can listen to the greats and try and be one yourself.
0: Doug Collins, uh, you got any gigs coming up? And what is your website?
1: My website is www.dougcollinsmusic.com and I have gigs coming up. And I wish off the top of my head, I knew where they are. Just go to your website. You Just go client. to my website. On the um, yes, I am playing some, and for the life of me, I'm totally blanking right now. But I do have gigs coming up, and there's always something. So please check out my website, listen to my music. I'd love to hear from you.
0: Thanks for listening to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. The show was produced by Paul Metz, engineered by the great Brett Johnson, recorded in the basement of AM 950 in Eden Prairie, which is neither Eden nor Prairie. Follow me at paulmetza.com. I've got a TV show called Wall and Power TV on Comcast Channel 6, Saturday nights at 8 and 11.30 p.m. Thanks for being a supporter of the radio show. If you have an event coming up, you're a business, you want to advertise to a voracious audience, get a hold of us at am950radio.com. And like my dad used to tell me, remember to be kind and make someone happy.
2: It's so The high and the mighty will fall There will be no power brokers
5: The wall of power will fall